new episode. New, well, what episode are we on? This is 44. 44. First episode on the Spring Forward. Yeah. We lost hours. Yeah, we lost Sunday. that hour. Yeah, that was rough. I had a basketball tournament at the at work. and uh, How was that? Pretty good attendance? No. Okay. No. No. Because local, still t- local team was in capacity, it, right? But we're not even reaching 1,000. But it was a local team was in it, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. University of Southern Indiana, but no did, one showed up. Did they win? They won. They're the three seed, so they beat the six seed on Saturday night, but Sunday night they lost to, I guess, the second seed. Okay. They got beat, though. I mean, it was always like 10 points behind. And then is that tournament, didn't you say, is that it happened Tuesday, Tuesday thing? That happened this past Tuesday. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, right. it, but we're getting action. We're getting okay. action. So, are you excited about the whole the big March Madness basketball tournament? Are you into that? Well, you know, I'm a, you know, this we're we're uh, broadcasting for live from Indiana, and Indiana's not in it, right? Yeah, I'm an Indiana Hoosier fan, and we just fired our basketball coach. They owed him ten million dollars and just paid him. Paid told, him, yeah. Told him to leave. Yeah, so it's a little bit of a bummer. He's been here four years, and he's had a losing record all four years. Right. It's the first time since 1917 that IU basketball has had a losing conference record four years in a row. Wow. Yeah, so it's just unacceptable. Unacceptable. Okay. Um, You know, it's so dealing with that, dealing with Drew Brees retiring, but it was expected, you know. I mean, he's got played for 15 years. Yeah. I mean, he came on board in 2006. Well, and I think after the Super Bowl, everybody was so worried about Brady. And is he going to continue to play and retire? Uh, he's, unlike Breeze, who had 11 fractured ribs and a collapsed lung, he's doing okay. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, okay. if, I think anyone that had a job that caused that to happen right. uh, would have to consider retiring. Sure. Or leaving. So are you going to go down there and see if you can't fill that position? Or do they have a quarterback in mind? Or do you know what they're going to do? I I'm thinking Jameis Winston. I'm and, thinking they're going to get because he was kind of, he was the backup last year. Yeah, oh, so he's he's currently on the Saints. He's a free agent right now. Okay, because he was Tampa Bay's quarterback before Tom Brady. Gotcha. So he came just basically he played a little bit and now he's a free agent. They think he's going to go back. Problem with him, he gets picked off too much. Oh, he no. he, he, he the, his last year with Tampa, he threw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. Okay, so. It's a love hate with him. He's one of sure. the gunslingers, you know. Right. So yeah, we'll see. I'd rather see a draft a quarterback and you know have the coach Sean Payton make it as him his protege to carry on when he retires. Okay. You know, Sean Payton's been there just as long as Drew Brees. I mean, fifteen years being the head coach, I and mean, your number's coming up too soon too. Hey, but you got to believe. I mean, you get to the Super Bowl. It's not something you're really worried about. It's it's a matter of choice as opposed to like the IU thing where they're gonna let you go. Yeah, he's been a pretty consistent winner for New Orleans. So yeah, he 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 can be there as long as he wants to be. Right. Okay. But you know, time catches up with all of us. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So it it yeah. I don't know. It's a little bit of a bummer, but the sun will shine tomorrow. The sun will shine tomorrow. That's, That's right. right. What else you got? Well, I did catch a little bit of the Grammys uh, Sunday night. Did you watch any of it? I don't think anybody. It the ratings was, are pretty bad. It was on for a little bit, and I don't think I paid more than 10 seconds attention to it. I was 
Now I'm really not. I think Grammys are out of touch with what's right. Yeah, really going on yeah. anyway. But you, you kind of want to see the the car accident a little bit. A little bit, yeah, yeah. Because it's just well, like I only caught one part, and it was as usual bizarre. You know, it was a um, oh, what's his name, Post Malone. He was performing his I, album's title track, I Was Bleeding. did see a bit of that. It's really hard to describe. It's He had these six beings. I guess they're, they look like aliens. They were, they were holding these lights close to their chest. They kind of remind me of the Watchers from that group of uh, aliens Stan Lee's talking to when Rocky and Yondu are in the middle of their passing their 700 tele, teleportation jumps in the movie Guardian of the Galaxy right. 2. I don't know what made him think this is, yes, let's get the watchers from Guardian of the Galaxy 2 surround, you know, in a circle, and I'll be in the middle of that and sing my, you know, title track to my album. It's his vision, man. I don't get it. It's more of that Illuminati crap they talk about. You right. Know? It's, it's like stuff from coast to coast. It's just not, it can't, you just can't go up there and just perform a song like you would. You know, at a live concert, it has to be some Broadway. Yeah, no, I think esoteric yeah, thing. I happening. just, yeah, I'm, I think I, I think I'm agreeing with you when I say I just would rather see somebody get up there and perform the song as a live performance versus subliminal messages. And this is how I want to try to make you feel by hearing the song. Exactly. Yeah, I just, just get up and play the song. Yeah, yeah, that and that was Don't, Post Malone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and there was some poli- There was some political stuff you know oh was there rights we got our rights and all the stuff that happened over in about 2020 it was a recap on somebody's um i can't remember whose it was but it's just you know the grammys yeah yeah i think it all started whenever was it vince neal and izzy straddling got into it i think it all started going downhill that year i don't remember that I think it was Tom Petty was playing Free Falling, and Axel and Izzy came out and performed with him. Don Henley was on drums. Oh, wow. This was, uh, I think, when did that come out? 89? I think I'm pretty sure it was 89. Okay, feels right. And Izzy said something about Vince Neil's wife before that performance, <laughs> and Vince Neil's waiting in the wings for Izzy, and he's going to go after him. That was also the same year that uh, Metallica and ACDC lost out to Jethro, Jethro Tull. Tull. yeah. yeah. So, yeah, from there on. Downhill. I used to watch the Grammys all the time right. as a kid and all that. That was probably the last year I really cared. And then, of course, the following year is when Don't Forget My Number, Bob, 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 Baby. Oh, Millie Vanilli. That's they won uh, uh, Best New Artist. Yeah. And didn't even sing on the album. I'm trying to remember how long after they won that Grammy was all that exposed. Was it? Years or was it a no. short period of time? It was no, they were sh- still very active. Well, yeah, but I mean, like they won that Grammy, and it was like months after that. Hey, by the way, they didn't do well, any of the singing. I clearly remember that after they won that Grammy, they did the club MTV tour, and you probably remember they were performing live, and they were playing to a CD, and the CD started skipping. Oh shit! They kept saying, "It just went, girl, you know it's girl, you oh, know God. it's girl, you know it's girl, you know it's you know." Right. So they were just like. Froze and freaked out. They just walked off stage. Yeah. Because what are you going to do? You're busted, you know? Yeah. And that was, you know, now it's accepted that you could, like Paul Stanley admits that Kiss, you know, uses a track. They sing to a track. Yeah. Now it's cool. But back then they, they were destroyed for doing that. Right. So, and, but they were, they won a Grammy. And then 
the rest of everything else started coming out for that. That's where it all started apart, yeah. was that point, that club MTV tour. Huh. And then yeah, the Grammy was pulled from them and, and it lost credibility. Never, never, never bounced back. Drama, man. Did, I'm, I'm almost thinking, didn't they try at one point to do, to prove they could sing or something? I don't know if they, they ever put out a record or a song. They but did. I think they did some try to justify their existence thing that went horribly bad. Oh, they tried. They, I remember they did like a commercial kind of hamming up right. the whole idea that they were faking it. Yeah. Came out with a CD with their own vocals, but it, yeah, it was done. It was the damage was done. No There's movement. No repairing it. Well, we're we're getting far enough away. I mean, we've got tag team on commercials on TV now. Doing oh yeah, it's all Scoop cool there now. Is, so yeah, it's only a matter of time till those two dudes can. Well, one of them passed away, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, you can't. You're not going to get them back. Well, yeah. So you're probably not going to get both of them. No. Yeah, you're not going to. I doubt that one's going to do it. I think he just wants to move on with his life. Sure, I'm not yeah. sure he has. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. If you're listening, sorry to bring it up. Cause you pain. Oh, you go, Todd. Nice. He was doing fine. I apologized. I don't know how this turned into Millie Vanilli. What you got? What else you got going on there, Man, Todd? I, t- I tell you what. I I've got a short, short list of pre-show jibber jabber this week. Uh, I've been happy. My TikTok find of the week is uh, it's at Mister Professor three one eight, and I ran across this guy weeks and weeks ago, and it would it started. I started noticing him. He'd be sitting in his car. And you say, you know, kind of how to freak the parents out in the pickup line at school. And he's playing just heavy metal, whatever. Okay. And then, you know, singing along to it and knows every word. And then a couple of weeks ago, I sent it to you. There was a post from him that was to the corn come undone song, coming undone song. It mm-hmm. was him doing the ABCs. Oh, is that what he was uh, mimicking? That's what, yeah. It okay. was a corn song, but instead of singing the lyrics to it, he was doing his version of teaching the alphabet song. Oh, so that's why Jonathan. So then, yeah. So then shortly that. after that, he gets recognized on Loudwire because I guess Jonathan Davis from corn, late singer corn sees this video, of this guy kind of like your skateboarding dude with the Fleetwood Mac thing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of similar to that. I mean, I don't know. They got a truck and a bunch of juice, but he gets recognized by the dude from corn and gets this huge following. And it just, I love this guy. It's Mr. Professor three, one, eight, on TikTok, and he just—he just seems like the kind of guy that just loves life. You, you, you know his profiles. He is he a teacher? I, you know what? I don't know. I would okay. if if I had to suspect, I would say he is a teacher of some sort. Okay, but it just everything about this dude—he just seems—he just seems like a very positive attitude and always happy. And the fact that he loves metal makes it even better. Yeah, it's a good way to. I mean, ABCs—that's kind of like first grade. Probably, yeah. Second grade, so. Yeah. But his version of it was pretty cool. I mean, it's it was a lot of fun listening to it. I, I would love to have a teacher like that. That's right. First well, grade or whatever. You've got your daughter, so, you know, maybe maybe that. Track maybe you down. get her taught up that way so when she goes to school, she can show the class how it's done. Simulate him. That's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I like it. And then with the uh, happy birthday, March 19th, 1971, 50 years old. Jethro Tull, Aqualong. Excellent song. I, I highly recommend, you know, I see one, two, at least 10, what, 10 guitars you got down here? Uh, Yeah, probably. Excellent song to play on acoustic. Really? Yes. I, it is such a fun song. Okay. Just the opening riff. And, right. And just the, the power chords. And then 
you know, the break in the middle, there's chords that go with that. And, but the fun is, is hitting the major chords at the end and singing the end of that, you know, okay. whoa, whoa, aqua log. Right. That's such a good time. Maybe I'll print the tab off and uh, we can work something up. And I, you were saying you have issues with it? You know, it. that's one of those songs that I don't know what it is about it. I like the song. And I, and I know that there's, there's some, the the content of the lyrics is about a creep. or I, I don't even, I'm not even really fully wrapping my head around the lyrical content, but there's something about the music and the composition of it that I like it, but for some reason it's always bothered me, and I don't know what it is. I, I've never been able to put my finger on it. I recognize it's a great song, but there's something always, I don't know, it just, I don't want to say it creeps me out, but it's just like, well, it's a creep. It just a creep. agitates me. I ain't little even, girls with bad intent. Yeah, it's it, it's not even the lyrics. Like I say, it's it's something about the music that just aggravates me. And I, I've never... I, it fits the character perfectly yeah. he's talking about. But it's weird because I do... I, I'm a fan of the song. But at the same time, it's a song that aggravates me. Which is weird. It could be the chords he's playing. Maybe they're, I don't know. they're flat, so I think I, I have no idea what it is. But it's one of those songs that when I hear it, I think, "Oh yeah, it's a great song." It's like God, but uh. it's not melodic. No, and that's maybe what's May, uh, maybe. driving you nuts. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but yeah, as long as I can remember hearing that song, it just always bothered me. I tell you what bothers me is uh, I was driving home and I was I was listening to this radio and. Uh, Little Red Corvette came on. Okay, Prince. And I was like, you know, it's you can't deny it. It's a great song. Sure. But I was just like, I wonder what chords he plays on that. Because it's not your usual chords. So I was just, you know, I, I pulled the tablature out and I was like, oh, he's playing you know, like A sharp. And he's playing all these sharps. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I started playing them and figuring it out. And I was like, okay, let's see where they change in the lyrics. Then I started reading the lyrics, and the little red Corvette. Have you ever read the lyrics? Of this I have song? not, but um, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she, uh, I, I guess I should have closed my eyes when you took took me to the places where your horses run free. Apparently, this the place where she where her horses run free is where uh, has been. Ran over quite a bit. It's like the private area okay. we're talking about here. Sure. And then he talks about all the jockeys that were there before me. Huh. Like, this girl has gotten around. Interesting. I never... This song's been on every pop radio song. You have such a look of shock slash smidge of disgust on your face. Uh, this girl had been... I mean, that is a hell of a way to describe a lady. That's all I'm saying. That's... Uh, I, Prince got away with words. Yeah, but whew, I mean, she had a she had a pocket full of um, Trojans. Some of them were still in the wrapper, and some of them were used. Like she's collecting them, like a like Beanie Babies. You know, I mean, <laughs> like would you even want to would you even want to mess around with a girl like that? I don't care how good looking she is. <sighs> if you if if you're just Talking about what you discovered in her pocket. Right. And she's got all these used Trojans. And she's going on is, is to that them, the part, Is that the part where he does the high-pitched scream when he reaches in her pocket and fills a pile of used condoms? 
He's probably plugging his fingers, but uh, oh. yeah, that's a nasty. Ain't talking. Ain't, ain't Aqualung be nasty? That song is a yeah, lot nasty. Yeah, I mean, there's no debate. A lot of the Prince stuff but is you, you don't really, sexual, but it's yeah, it's all you can't really make out that, the, the story in the song. Right, yeah, but when you read them, it's like, whoa, wait yeah. a minute here. That that blew me away. And that song is what eighty three, eighty something. Yeah, yeah. Wow, okay. wow. So you didn't go on a, a Prince pilgrimage and learn all the chords and sing it and wind up recreating the Love Sexy cover in their basement? <sighs> Prince, oh, I always hit a wall of Prince. I yeah. always do. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 you you appreciate his creativity. And, yes. And he is creative. Music, musical genius. Musical genius. Yes. But, man, the subject matters he goes off on. Yeah. It's like, oh, I just can't go down that road with you, man. Sometimes you got to separate the art from the artist. No, you can't. Oh, you have to. No, 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 yes. no, no. Could you separate Eliminator from ZZ Top? I have. You have? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sins uh, of the past, man. No, that's your legacy. Yeah. You, 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 every day you create your legacy yeah. with your actions. Yeah. No, I agreed. Agreed. But I think that, I do think that you can, you can look at, musically what Prince accomplished with sound and orchestration and composition and recognize that genius and still separate it from dude writes a bunch of songs about sex. Cause when I listen to Prince, a lot of what I listen to, I listen, uh, I don't care what he's singing. I'm listening to the music. Right. But (laughs) I'll never look at little red Corvette the same way again. Yeah. Sometimes, I, I just sometimes never, it's not, it's better to not deep dive into what the lyrics are. I just didn't realize that girl would put herself through that much. Yeah. Yeah. That was mm, interesting. So from uh, Jethro Tull to Prince, back to Aqualung, the other song on that record, that Locomotive Breath. Oh, yeah. Great song. It's the, the most well-known album by yeah. far. Yeah. yeah. So great stuff. Happy birthday, Jethro Tull, Aqualung record. 50 years old, huh? Yeah. March 19. Wow. That means like... um. 71. So we're talking Led Zeppelin 4. We're talking coming up Rolling Stones, Sticky Fingers. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. A lot of classic rock. By no means am I getting all of them, but I just, like I said, I found a list and kind of picked a bunch of them that. Oh, maybe, that's great. Maybe yeah. meant something. I'm sure, some I'm sure there's tons Simon and Garfunkel. And yeah. Everything absolutely. else going on back in, that, in those times. Yep. Yep. I think it went. Trying to think, T Rex's Electric Wars. That's probably seventy two, though. I want to think that's on. I think that's a seventy one. I think that's on Is my seventy one down the way. Yeah, bang a gong, get it on. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. You got anything else before we get diving into stuff? <laughs> well, I got to do a shout out to marvelous Marvin Hagler. I saw no, he passed away at sixty six. A uh, big part of my childhood used to be some great boxing matches between him and Roberto Duran and Sugar Ray Leonard. Didn't say how he died, but big shout out, shout out to Mr. Hagler. Cool. Uh, saw the new Rob Zombie video, Crow Killer Blues is the name of the song. Haven't from, seen it. Pretty, uh, pretty similar to everything else? or has that classic gloom and doom. Yep. Uh, the video's got Rob walking around in the snow looking like the old Russian mystic Rasputin. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's got John 5 in it, but I tell you, when the song opens up, I, I could have swore it was Zach Wild playing because because it's just got that signature you know, oh, shocker hook on it, you right. know. Um, but it was John Five playing it. He's definitely that John borrowing. Five, man, that dude can play anything. 
Yeah, yeah, he played. Play. Played from. I mean, he was. He's played for Katie Lang, and he played for Roth for a little bit. Right, and Zombie. That dude's wickedly good. Oh, the ones alive. He's at the top. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Borrow from Black Label Society on that one. Yeah. So the it's on his this cow, Crow Killer Blues is on his upcoming album called The Lunar Injection Kool Aid Eclipse Conspiracy. And what does that title mean? I think it's uh, going to cover a lot of topics. I think okay. it's, it almost sounds like it's going to be a concept album. You know, and the thing I didn't know about Rob Zombie, he hates all things meat and dairy. Really? Yeah. Uh, he's he, every, he said, I read an interview in GQ. He's talking about the new album and all that. He said, he thinks veganism is the most anti-establishment thing you can do. There's nothing more punk rock than anti-meat. Now he's a skinny dude. He's in good shape for someone 56 years old. And, has been through what he's been through. Right. So, I mean, it might be something to it. That dude gets a workout on stage, yo, man. Those live shows, he is nonstop. He got to be in shape. God, that dude. Stuff. He's he's one of the best performers I've seen. Oh, yeah. Great I mean, show. Just puts on a great show and active. Yeah, he's most active. Uh, you know, I saw him with Marilyn Manson, when was that, a couple of years ago, that tour? I know it's... It feels like two years ago, yeah. Yeah, I think it toured for three years. Yeah. But I saw him in St. Louis and... By far the most um, active uh, musician on the stage. Oh, yeah, from start to finish. Too. I mean, John Five basically was standing there compared to Rob Zombie. Right. He was all over the place. Yeah. Pretty awesome for 56 years old. Doing all right. Yeah, but I don't know. The stuff that's kind of come up this week. So. You thought about being a, you ever thought about being a vegan? It would be nice. Be, but not, we don't live in an environment where, right. I mean, you got to be like, well, like his wife is total vegan. Okay. She cooks. She cooks great and cooks all this great vegan stuff. So it's easy for him. Sure. He doesn't have to cook it. Right. Yeah. I ain't got that. Or you ain't got that. Right, Neither we, one of us has got that. We don't have that time. They ain't got time. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it'd be, it's a good concept, but it'd be tough. It'd be tough because we live in the middle of cow country. Yeah. You know, so pig country, yeah. chicken country. Yeah. We're not in California or, well, he's actually up in, uh, I think it's a Connecticut, somewhere in the Northeast is where oh, really? he's living now. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. the hence the video. He's sure. in the middle of a snowstorm. And he looks like Ross Putin. I mean. I'll check it out. Split an image. I mean, he's getting older, you know. Yeah. Getting a little rougher looking. Right, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty good. Okay. New Rob Zombie, check it out. Yeah. All right. Well, that stuff out of the way. I think you are going to go first this week with your... Your song. Top of the ending here. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of fighting the establishment like Rob Zombie, I got the perfect song for that battle. Uh, I went with Knights of Sidonia from the band Muse off their fourth album, Black Holes and Revelations. Epic. Epic stuff. Released. uh, The album was released July 3rd, 2006. The radio edit version of the single was first aired on K-Rock June 6, 2006 and released to other radio stations on June 12, 2006. Third single off their triple platinum album, following the fantastic song "Super Massive Black Hole" and, and "Starlight," uh, reached number ten on the Billboard Modern Rock charts. I can't tell you who was number one in that. Couldn't find it. That one's tough to find. It's not like the Hot 100. We can right. just go and look. But uh, Matthew Bellamy, the band's lead singer, guitar player, keyboarder, Mister Everything for the, the band Muse, said about the song. Uh, this song, much like the album, uh, is inspired by corrupt political leaders. Matthew Bellamy says it's not 
about any specific leader, but all leaders. Evidence of this is shown in the lyrics such as, I'll show you a God who is asleep on the job, referring to leaders who treat themselves like God because they have power. Matthew goes on to say, I think it's the strength of the human spirit fighting against the forces that are manipulating it. You know, these guys are real. Throughout the whole album, there's a lot of... um, like Illuminati, you know, gotcha. trying to reveal that, you know, there's, hidden agenda shit. there's a hidden agenda going on. That would need, I remember needs having to be that fought. record. I haven't listened to it for years, but I mean, great album. What I remember about it, it's a great record. Yeah. I, I, I think it's, it's got more triple platinum. I don't think they've ever, that's just, I don't think they've matched that since. Right. Then. Yeah. And I think they've got, I know seven, I have eight. Okay. I don't know if they brought took. I don't know if one came out during the uh, COVID period or not. But now the Sidonia mentioned in the song is the Mars region where some people consider life has existed. In a January 2007 issue of Q magazine, not GQ, but Q but magazine. Q. Yeah, Matt Bellamy said, "I I would definitely be up for a trip to Mars. I I'd love to record an album at zero gravity." Or at least go up there and do a vocal take. The area of Sidonia is very interesting. There are parts of it that resemble abandoned civilizations. It's also the same location the face of Mars is located that has been, you know, a repeat subject of my favorite overnight radio program, Coast to Coast. Do you know, is that the area that, was it Matt Damon in The Martian? You seen The Martian? I don't think they referenced Sidonia. Okay. I can't. I've seen it in the movies. Good movie. Yeah. But I don't think they made it. It was more about his survival. Right. Yeah. And then uh, I didn't know if they mentioned what air part of the planet they were on. I can't remember either. It seems like it did, but I don't remember that being okay. mentioned. But uh, another thing about the song "Knights of Sidonia," the song is heavy on recognizable influences. I mean, when you hear that song, what do you think of? Futuristic Western. Futuristic Western. Aldenova at the beginning. What's that? There's a there's a there's something in the first couple seconds of it that reminds me of that freaking Aldenova fantasy song. The beginning of that. That's I never thought of that. Yeah, it's yeah. at the beginning of that song. And Superstar. Yeah, yeah, there's something up there, and it was just like uh, it's Aldenova fantasy. Real. <laughs> Real. Uh, Matt Bellamy says he took a lot from his dad's 60s band, The Tornadoes. They had a hit song, Tailstar, which was the first number one single on the U.S. charts by a U.K. band. Matt Bellamy's dad was in that band. This was a band that had a vintage sci-fi movie style, instrumental band, definitely contributed to the guitar surfer style that Dick Dale made famous. Now, I think of Dick Dale when I hear that. The guitar style yeah. he's got going. He's definitely got a Dick Dale it's sound to it. Yeah. Matt Bellamy says his, about his dad's band. In the 50s, the nuclear vibe was kicking off, and there was a lot of fear. It also happens to be a period where the most UFO, UFO sightings were reported. I feel we're entering another period where tensions are rising to a very high level, and UFI, UFO sightings are starting to creep back. Aliens are definitely out there. So... You know, I think that was kind of the vibe of the whole album was this, you know, the black holes and revelations. They definitely kept to a theme. As far as influences for the song, my ads, we wrote Knights of Sidonia when we were listening to a lot of uh, Ennio Moriacone, Moriacone, 
This is a um, Moyacone. He's a he's an Italian composer, famous for composing music for spaghetti westerns like Navajo Joe, okay. A Fistful of Dollars, and of course his most famous work being Little Red the, Corvette. What's that? Little Red Corvette. Little Red Corvette. <laughs> Um, and as also the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, nice. Yeah, that is uh, Moyacone. Moyacone. It's an Italian name. So obviously my hick ass can't say those words. But he also scored mob movies like The Untouchables and sci-fi movies like John Carpenter's The Thing. That movie's fantastic. The Kurt Russell version? Yeah. I love that movie. And it surprises me he scored that because it has... That music is definitely John Carpenter sounding. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very simple, very, right. you know, it fit the tone of the movie, that's for yeah. sure. But, yeah, excellent, excellent movie. Uh, Moya Kone won a Academy Award for 2016's movie, The Hateful Eight, a movie from Moya Kone's biggest fan, Quentin Tarantino. Hateful Eight, is that... What's was that the Quentin Tarantino one that had like Sam Jackson in it and Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah, I believe so. That was something. Have you seen well, that? that's you could say about any Tarantino. Well, movie. I know, but man, that one that was over that, the top. That was something. Yeah, well, he, yeah, you could tell that spaghetti westerns are a big sure. part of yeah Quentin's growing up. You're right, you know, yeah, you can see that in a lot of movies. Yeah, but you can tell Moyacone's work with the western movies is the biggest. By far the biggest inspiration to this song of the week I got. But, yeah, you know. It's very orchestral. Yeah, very orchestral. Yeah. You you get the sense of, I mean, with the galloping bass and the drums. Yeah. Complimenting the galloping bass. You know, you, you can see the horses riding in. Without watching the video and just listening to it, you, your mind can create a picture based on what's going on in the music. Oh, don't it, watch the video. And it's beautiful. Yeah, no, I actually... Watching the video earlier, it's like, man, I just, I don't, I don't even want to watch this. I want to just listen to it. No, it ruins the vision. So, yeah, that, you know, you get a vision yeah. in your mind when you're hearing the song yeah. of what's happening. It's better than what, what, whatever that director was saying. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Now, do you, and I don't want to. I'm not. I don't no, want to give ahead. it away. But yeah. I don't know if you're going to talk about it. But what I, I think what I really dig about this, uh, a couple things I dig about this thing. But one of the things I dig about it is just that huge instrumental intro just because we're talking about the composition thing. I mean, it's like right. two full minutes before dude starts singing. Yeah. My favorite part by far. Yeah. The beginning and the end is awesome, but the beginning really right. sets the tone. It's yeah. a fantastic intro. I I've never seen his band live, but I, I can't imagine what that sounds like. Oh, that's a great show. Oh, I'm sure. Um, Lots of lasers and smoke and lights flashing. Aliens, you know, landing, you know, crazy black hole sucking, you know, if, if sections of the stadium in the in the space. Jimmy's just standing in the middle there, sweating, jumping up and down, singing all the words at the top of his lungs. Oh yeah, the black hole trying to suck me in, but I got the you know holding the American flag up, no shirt on. It's like the hurricane dude. The hurricane dude. <laughs> <laughs> I love the hurricane dude. I also like the song for the uh, layered vocals uh, toward yes. the end of the song. Kind of reminds me of that style that Queen used on a lot of their songs. Yeah, uh, no one. No one will take me alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, heavy layered, you know that's a classic '70s sound there. Lyrically, the song is is said to be about the apocalypse, the Illuminati, the truth being hidden from the population. All those subjects you hear in, in cons- conspiracy theories seems to be a recurring subject matter for the band. I think they dig all that coast to coast stuff, so they're okay with me. 
And like I said, I'd love to see him live someday. Right. Maybe. Well, it's funny you mentioned that Queen thing and the layering of the vocals because there is a part in the song where it goes into that break, and it's very Wayne's World, Bohemian Raps that he is. Yeah. yeah break it, where it just starts rocking out. I it mean, changes I, the song completely. Yeah. And if it's, yeah, if Wayne's World were to do a, another movie, that would be a interesting way of doing it. an interesting song to use to kind of throw back to what they did, but use something more current. So I think that break Good is, point. I mean, it's just not that I'm looking for a new Wayne's world movie. Cause I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wayne's looking a little rough lately. Yeah, so, but, uh, but yeah, that part in there, just that operatic multi-layered layered voices. And then that break where it just gets heavy. Is, it's badass. Yeah. That's my song. That's it. Yep. Right on. What you got? I'm I'm gonna finally go down the hole that we've tiptoed around for a while and do some ZZ Top today. We've now talked, is this before? Is this pre-eliminator or post-eliminator? This is post-eliminator with throwback to pre-eliminator feels. Okay, so it's okay in your book. It's it's kind of like we've talked in the past. Can sins of the past be forgiven? And you forgive and I, them. I believe. Sins of the past can be forgiven, but I don't even. I mean, I don't even really call Eliminator, Afterburner, that era sins as much as I call it different direction. That wasn't for me. <laughs> you're not doing the Velcro fly. I'm not doing the Velcro fly. No, you're gonna, you're gonna step inside my sleeping bag. I am not gonna step inside your sleeping bag. No. Yeah. Okay. So they they had a course correction. With this kind of, this, I believe this so. Song. Yes, I believe okay. so. All right, no, and that's okay. Yeah. So, so my song, and, and again, it's going to take me a while to get there. But the song is "I Got to Get Paid" from the Love Futura record that came out in 2012, which, by all accounts, is the last I think ZZ Top record that's been released. Wow. So yeah, it, which Nine seems years. bizarre. But uh, it's so long ago. But they, that record came out. I think there was like a nine-year gap from 2003 to 2012. They're just kind of living off the yeah. I mean, yeah. They're one of those bands to me. Is you don't have to make new songs. I mean, if I go see ZZ Top, I know what I know what songs I want to hear. Yeah, you know this this one here might be one of the few exemptions to that rule because I'd like to see this song live. I do like it. It's a newer song. Yeah, it sounds great. If I go see ACDC, you know, I don't really care about anything past. You want to see Heat Seeker? Man, I'll settle for Thunderstruck. I'll tolerate Money Talks. You want to see Stiff Upper Lip? Care less about Stiff Upper Lip, man. <laughs> Care less. Oh, see, not. Nah, I, I would. It would be nice if they pull a song out, like Flick of the Switch. Yeah, or yeah something yeah. like that. Right. Every once in a while, it didn't. Does it always have to be? You know, you shook me all night long. Right. And back in black. The problem and, here's the problem I have too is. Like with a band like ZZ Top or a band like ACDC, there are so many songs that I want a taste of, I want to hear yeah. in a live environment that, and, and, I, and I feel shame for even saying this, but like if I went to ACDC, I'd be cool if they put five classic ACDC songs in some sort of a medley version, just so I could get 45 seconds of, like I said, flick of the switch and yeah. which leads into 45 seconds of some, you know, because it's just, there's catalog stuff that, you know, there's, there's no way you could play the whole, you couldn't play everything you want to hear. 
correct. And as much as I'm not a big fan of the medley thing, I get it. It's, you know, if it, if it means I get to hear a little piece of it, then cool. But yeah, like I said, you got to play Shiki all night long. That's one I could care less if I hear or not. Exactly. I've heard it enough. All right. But I want to hear right on. Brian Johnson cannot. But I don't know if he can. Yeah. And I was going to follow up and say, I don't, but it's not going to be, I want the Bon Scott ride on. Well, it's like when Axel Rose was out on tour with ACDC, they pulled, uh, I think it was Touch Too Much out. That's right. a song they have never played with Brian Johnson. Really? Because Brian Johnson just cannot sing. There are certain Bon Scott songs he just cannot sing with his voice. That, right. It comes off okay. But Axel can pull it off. When Brian Johnson wasn't going to go on tour and they said Axel was going to replace him. It seemed bizarre on the surface, but listening to their style of now they sing, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar. He's kind of in, in the middle of Bond and Brian's yeah, yeah. vocal range. So, right. Yeah. It worked. Okay. Yeah. Back to ZZ top. Uh, man, I have been keeping notes on ZZ top for a long time. So I'm, I've referenced a bunch of stuff here. The Billy Gibbons was on that live at Daryl's house, Daryl hall. Oh, yeah. Notes. Yeah. Had an Big episode hit. where he was on there and they played some songs and did some chit chat. Uh, there was a big interview with Dan Rather with Billy Gibbons. Yeah. I like that Dan Rather series. It's not bad. Some of it's pretty good. Some yeah. of it's good. Some of it's ho-hum. Of course, there was a rock legends on that access TV channel. There's a documentary or documentary. Thank you. <laughs> called that little old band from Texas. I caught it on Netflix, but I think I've seen it on a couple of other channels too. I mean, it's, it's pretty, pretty good little show. There was a reference to a, a podcast I listened to. A guy was talking about Billy and some Wikipedia stuff as well. But kind of just to get, get this ZZ Top thing kind of out and going here. Uh, like I said, we, it seems like we reference ZZ Top a lot. So I figure it's probably time oh, to yeah. just dig into it and get into it. So what amazes me probably more than anything is these dudes, the same three dudes making music forever. I mean, yeah. it, there's no lineup change. And it's, it's right? just three dudes, guitar player, bass player, drummer. And the guy in the back playing the rhythm so that you don't see on stage. <laughs> that drives you nuts. We're not talking about him. Okay. Billy Bob Thornton, famous actor. Sling Blade. Quoted as saying, uh, there is only one of them. And Billy Bob ain't wrong. There is only one ZZ Top. A lot of imitators, a lot of people try to get that sound. All right. But in my head, man, there's a, there will always only be one ZZ Top. And we've talked about it a little bit before, but ZZ Top albums. I'm basically good through the 1982 era. <laughs> Which is a year before what album? 1983 Eliminator came out and uh, kind of lost interest there. And, and I won't say completely lost interest. When Eliminator came out, I'm not going to say that. Hey, it's overplayed? Or? I, yeah, I think that's what it is. I think it's okay. just overplayed. It just, yeah. it, it's it's, our slippery it's, it's weird for me because Eliminator was my introduction to ZZ Top. That's where yeah, I, most yeah. kids are. And then I dove back into the older stuff and fell in love with that sound yeah. versus the Eliminator stuff. And that's, you know, that's where I ended up kind of falling in, in fandom with them. Gotcha. But I'm going to say 1996, they released an album called Rhythmine. Triple X came out in 1999 and 2003, a Mascalero record. Those three records kind of got away from all that really polished, overly produced sound. Oh yeah. There was still some in it, but it was kind of the beginning of the circling back to the roots kind of thing for me anyway, with the sound 
you know, I don't completely love those records, but those are the records that came out that was like, all right, cool. They're kind of steering back and getting back to the roots. So. Yeah. Well, after that, they came out with a song, Burger Man, I'm Your Burger Man. I don't remember that one. That's just right in line with everything you don't like about ZZ okay. Top. And right. I think after they, and it was played on the radio a lot in the early 90s, but they they said, this is where we're going. We're going to be singing about the Burger Man. Right, yeah. Uh, we got to switch it up, right? Yeah. That's where you're. That's what you're talking about here, right? Exactly. You but, see, the hot sauce can't be beat. Sit back and open wide. <laughs> I don't remember. It's so, that. It was so bad. It was. So I'm gonna bad. have to go look that up. <laughs> uh, but there is something cool about Billy's delivery of that. Oh yeah, I can it's, hear it in my head and go, you know what? Yeah, it's ridiculous, but shit, that's he's a cool. sexy beast. He, he, he's a sexy beast, right? Then talking about Billy, you know. Watching him on that live at Daryl's and, and just seeing some other stuff, but it really struck me on that live at Daryl's program he was playing. He looks like he just loves to play guitar and doesn't do it for any fact other than he just loves playing. He looked, it just, that's his element. Yeah. He just, it, and it's refreshing. It's, it's almost like he doesn't care who else is around. He doesn't care about anything else going on. He just, it's there's he doesn't mind collaborating some weird focus he has on playing guitar that there's there's his style is i don't know i love watching him that fender it's always a telecaster right i think so yeah i yeah. mean i always see him with telecaster right. and oh yeah he can he can he's a beast at bending the strings that's for sure oh yeah he uh and one of the other podcasts I listen to, it's called Walking the Floor with Chris Shiflett, uh podcast. And Chris is, he's a guitar player for the Foo Fighters. Oh, yeah. But he's also got like a country thing he does. And then he's got this podcast that I listen to from time to time. It's pretty good. But he was interviewing this Jaron Johnston from the Cadillac 3. Uh, it was episode, if you want to go look it up, it was episode 175. It's about 15 minutes into the episode. But Jaron's talking about ZZ Top and kind of being out with them and the uh, mm-hmm. To kind of paraphrase it, he, he says, you know, talking about Billy Gibbons, he'll pull you in his dressing room and you don't know how long you're going to be in there. There's a smoothie machine in there, the sleeping bag on the floor, and he'll always give you something, whether it's a pocket knife or a cocaine vial full of chili peppers that have been ground up. And he'll say something like, sprinkle a little bit of this on some chocolate ice cream and things get really weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget, we were backstage for one of the ZZ Top shows at the old stadium. and Yeah. Frank Beard was, maybe they all were walking around with drinking tab. Yeah. I, I ain't seen a tab school, cola man. in decades. No. And since the 80s. And they're, I was like, where the hell do you find tab? It's easy time, baby. Yeah. We, but, get, we get whatever we want. Hey, that's keeps them slim. Back to Billy. I didn't know he started out as a percussionist. Didn't start out as a guitar player. Got wow. his first guitar at age 13 and switched over there. Hmm. He uh, he played in a band called the Moving Sidewalks, which was a classic psychedelic garage band that at one point opened for Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, he's he's had stories about Jimi. Yeah, Hendrix. Jimmy. That. Pretty much, Jimmy told Billy he was the greatest living guitarist when Billy was only eighteen. Yeah. So Jimi Hendrix complimenting Billy Gibbons on his guitar playing. Kids eighteen. <laughs> That's something. Yeah that 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 means you're uh, you're doing the right thing. That's right. ZZ Top formed in 1969. Oh, 69. Okay. The band and their barroom bluesy rock and roll is synonymous with the state of Texas. And we talked about how they came up with their name. It had yep. nothing to do with zigzag papers. Nothing to do with zigzag paper. Nope. 
Billy was inspired by the works of Muddy Waters, B.B. King. In fact, saw some quote or some article mentioned that Billy actually has a guitar made of wood from Muddy Waters' home. Holy cow. That's devotion. Yeah. That's pretty badass. That's really cool. Billy's uh, been been quoted as saying, early on, we decided to embrace the secret language found in the blues. And Dusty Hill, the bass player, has stated, uh, we are not a blues band. We are interpreters of the blues. And uh, like I said, ZZ Top name came from their heroes, being ZZ Hill and B.B. King. ZZ from ZZ Hill. And uh, Top is a reference to being the king. Yeah, I, all this time, I thought it was zigzag papers and Top's papers. Nope. It's all about rolling papers. ZZ Hill and BB King. I'll be damned. All right. Yep. First single was called Salt Lick. Uh, I don't think ZZ Top's ever been shy about their love of horses. <laughs> that and the innuendos in their song titles and lyrics. Gotcha. Not they. They are no prince by any means, but uh, they. But dab- they, they, but they like dabble. Pearl. They they love to give out pearl necklaces. Right. Bill Ham is a name that. For me, it's synonymous with ZZ Top. Producer, it seems like anytime I would look at album covers or whatever, that for some reason that Bill Ham name always stuck out. When they first got started with the Salt Lick, uh, he tried to get them a record deal by calling them the New Rolling Stones. It's kind of how he was shopping them around. Yeah, they were a top band right then at that time, I yep. guess. Uh, after that single came out, uh, you got Frank, uh, Frank Beard and Dusty Hill joining the band after that. And the one thing about ZZ Top that I read is that they didn't do any interviews. They didn't do TV. If you weren't seeing them live or on the record, you didn't see them. Is that old school mystique kind of method of being a band. Just tour, 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 tour. Well, it, and not necessarily that, but just that whole don't let them in your personal lives. Don't let them see who you are. Let the, let the stories and the, the legends be your story. Like Led Zeppelin kind of Kind of, yeah. I yeah. got you. Uh, that's and then again, ZZ Top. That sound to me, they're one of those bands where you hear a song, and if it's ZZ Top, you know it's ZZ Top. There is a sound, there is a style. I don't think there's too many of their their songs in their catalog that stray too much from that formula that they use. One of the things I saw on one of the programs was talking about getting that guitar sound by overdubbing the guitar track and taking that second track and just. It just a little bit out of tune from the first one. Just mm-hmm. kind of give it that full feel. Yeah. Uh, problem with that was Bill Ham, the producer, had a rule of no overdubs. So that uh, when they wanted to do it, they had to send him out for barbecue, then record it. Really? Kind of like the Leonard Skinner sending the producer on the way. Oh, whenever they did. Uh, so they can do whatever. Yeah. You know, Simple Man. Simple Man, yep. So they can record you. the way they want to. So uh, so while he was gone, they would record it <laughs> an overdub and, and get that sound. Okay, so, got you. Interesting little. He fact. still he still kept coming back to produce, so I guess he forgot. Yeah, every album. at some point you got to figure out. You know what? This sounds all right. Okay, I can live with it. Uh, jump ahead to the third album, Trey Ombre's nineteen seventy three first top ten single with the song Lagrange, and probably nice. their most well known. That's probably standard. Yeah, standard. Inspired by the Texas town's infamous chicken ranch, which is a brothel. Uh, LaGrange also popularized in the musical Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. And I I don't remember what I saw the song, but it was talking, Billy was talking about recording the vocals to that song. And it was, I guess, winter time. And he couldn't get the gruffness of his voice the way he wanted it to. 
So before he kind of that how how, definitely borrowing from John Lee Hooker. But to get the the gruffness of his voice, he said he stripped down and ran around the block a couple of times. Okay, and then came back out of breath and did those vocal parts, and that's how he got it to sound the way it sounds. You got it breathy. Yeah, just real breathy and just kind of <laughs> that you know, running in that cold, dry air and. Kind of get you know, which seems bizarre to me because that to me seems like running through a hot, dry desert would give you that. Uh, yeah, I mean, where were they recording? I, I it didn't say, but he was just talking about running around in the winter, running on the block a couple times to get out of breath and get that sound he wanted his voice to sound like. The problem is how you do that live again live. I, I don't know. Yeah, song itself, Lagrange, inspired by a Buddy Holly music uh, referencing Peggy Sue Got Married song, I think. Unspoken rite of passage for most Texas guys was to make a pilgrim pilgrimage to Lagrange, and it's a song that they still play nightly. I always thought that was a, I thought John Lee Hooker first time I heard that. Right? Or you think of like boom, 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 yeah, boom? It's got that feel yeah. to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, Buddy Holly. All right. And then when they finally in 2015 they played Lagrange, Texas. Uh, they played a county fair. Normally, five to six thousand people show up. Uh, Thirty-five thousand people showed up to that show, and they're in their nudie uh, outfits back then. Back in these days, I don't. I, it didn't say. I don't know. Well, you look at like some. Yeah, some you look at their early photos. Some, oh, earlier photos. Yeah, they look like country western band. This. Uh, well, this was in 2015, so I doubt. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, I doubt that they. They might have been. I don't oh, know. that's the first time I ever. Played That's LaGrange. what it said. In 2015, they finally played Lagrange for the first time. Wow. So okay. And then speaking of Lagrange, for whatever reason, I ran across a story earlier in the year. So in January, there's a Lagrange County, which is northern Indiana, along the Michigan border. Yeah. There was a a law, an ordinance in 1971 put in place that they just finally repealed. Okay. And it was kind of like the the hippie blocking law. Basically, was the shorthand version of it, but it was an ordinance that regulated large gatherings that lasted more than 12 hours involved more than 500 people. And it was, uh, it was intended to block huge gatherings after the 1969 Woodstock music festival. So up in LaGrange County, Indiana, no loitering after Woodstock happened, they were fearful that it was, it was coming to their neck of the woods. So they put an ordinance in place saying, was it 500 people in no 12 hours? There was a, Blockage. Couldn't do it. Couldn't get a permit. But I guess in reviewing past laws and things that are on the books, somebody stumbled across it and was like, this is ridiculous. Why do we have this ordinance? So it just recently got repealed. So basically the headline read, hippies are welcome back to northern Indiana. I wonder if that was inspiration for the that song, sign, sign, everywhere sign. Could be. Yeah. Blocking up the scenery. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Back to ZZ Top, fourth album, 1975 Fandango album. Mm-hmm. Tush. Yeah. Which, you know, to me, LaGrange and Tush are interchangeable. They're. Yeah, know, they got to play them every It's, it's hard to say LaGrange is the ZZ Top song, and then you hear Tush and go, well, shit. Tush is the ZZ Top song. It, it, I always thought, when I first heard that, I thought that was, and I was just getting into. You know, in the 80s, I was just getting into David Coverdale music, right. White Snake. I thought for sure that was like early Coverdale. I really? First heard, I, I hear David Coverdale in that, I can in, see that. In that yeah. vocal, the way he sings it. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing like LaGrange. No, it's totally different. Very yeah. powerful vocal. Yep. 
And just kind of looking up some quick facts on the song, it says they stumbled on that riff in Florence, Alabama, and came up with the tune in a matter of minutes. Not something that took very long. Just kind of... That's how it works. Heard the riff, put it together, song's done, record it, let's go. Next song. Yeah, next song. <laughs> next. My favorite part of the ZZ Top saga, I'm going to say, is in 1976, they launched a worldwide Texas tour. Do you know about this worldwide Texas tour? Mm-mm. I had never heard of this. So 1976, they start this worldwide Texas tour. This thing is a combination of a rodeo, rock and roll show, and a circus all in one. This is 1976. A rodeo, a rock and roll show, and a circus. Yep. So you got three levels of entertainment. You do. Probably the tamest thing of it all is the stage is the shape of Texas. Okay. So the stage drawn is not just your normal rectangle. It is the stage set up in the shape of Texas, which is badass in itself. Now, what year is this? 1976. I mean, there's a lot of money going on. Shit, man. You ain't even heard it. Okay. This show included buzzards, bison, rattlesnakes, a longhorn steer, that were loaded on trucks and were on stage during them performing to give fans a true sense of what Texas was. They basically took Texas on the road. Wow. But how do you control the animals from, you know, stampeding your fences and, you know, you keep them corralled, I guess. I don't know about rattlesnakes. I don't know how you do that shit or fucking buzzards. It seemed like they'd fly off. Maybe you, you know, cattle, you know, they could take a pretty good number two. And bison. And by yeah, bison's not cattle. Bison's a and they, they gotta monster. go. They, they gotta use the restroom just like the rest of us. Yeah, I'd I'd love to see a picture of this to see Dude, how close they were. To the go front. watch a documentary. It's fascinating. Okay, it's fascinating. Okay. And my favorite part, I think of it of of kind of this talking about this tour thing is in the live footage they're playing Tush, and it looks like it's the last song. And so you know, at the end of the show, there's that you know song ends. Thank you. Good night. Mm-hmm. And then the lights come up. Okay. Live footage of Tush, when the song ends, there's this gigantic drape that drops down behind, in front of them. It says, uh, adios amigos, ZZ Top. Like, okay. That's, that, you know, normally you got that curtain at the front and then it drops and that's the start of the show. But I like the idea of that curtain dropping at the end. Yeah. With that adios amigos. That's pretty cool. And then after that, as you can imagine, uh, the band decided they were going to take a break. It was wow, that's a hell of a that's, lot that's, of that's a lot of moving around. I can't imagine how many stops they had on that tour. Right. So uh they they decide, hey, we're gonna take a three month break. And uh as happens, it lasted two years. A three month? A yeah, three month right. turns into two years. Yeah, ain't nobody believing that. So during that time, the record company puts out the best of ZZ Top, which in my opinion is the best collection of ZZ Top stuff. Oh, yeah. And it's it, there's not even a listing for it on Spotify. There's just that greatest hits one that's got the stuff from Eliminator and some of that newer stuff on it. Yeah, it came out in, what, 92? Something like that, yeah. There, yeah. But that best of ZZ Top with that cartoon drawing of the campfire scene. Yeah. And it, it almost looks like a comic book cover. That's, to me, that's the greatest. Great way to introduce top to bottom, start to finish. That is a great collection of songs. And during this break, you know, Billy talks about hanging out with punks in England, gurus in India, and and some other stuff. And uh, says the influence of the punk punk movement pushed them in a different direction, which was not so much the organic blue stuff they did, but still had some tinges to it. But that that kind of two year hiatus and 
traveling around the world and visiting different cultures kind of pushed him to kind of go in a different direction with, with the, what they were doing musically. Right. Frank Beard, the drummer, he does. Uh, he talks a little bit about spending a shit ton of money on drugs, and I think during this two year two year hiatus, uh, he gets off drugs. That's why I can't grow a beard. I don't know why. I don't know if that's why or not. One guy named Beard. Yeah, not yeah. There's beard. some irony there. And uh, during the two year hiatus, Dusty Hill, the bass player, says he got a job at the airport. He got what? He got, he got a job at the airport. So Can Billy's traveling busy? the world, visiting cultures. Frank's getting clean, and Dusty's working at the airport. Working for TSA? I guess, yeah. Coming back from that two-year break, Dusty and Billy both have these beards that are uh, well-shaped and formed. The irony is, like you said, Frank Beard, the drummer, he did have a beard, but it wasn't as long, so he shaved it off. And that's kind of the beginning of the visual legacy is the ZZ Top beards. That is still here today. That is their trademark, yes. And when they all got back together after their break, that's kind of when they started experimenting with sound and technology, and which led to what I'm calling, not the sins of the past, but I'm going to call it the dark days, 1983 to 1986, or 96. But I am going to mention it because there are some notable things in there. Uh, Like Paul Abdul teaching them how to uh, dance on the sleeping bag video. It doesn't mention it when... It doesn't mention it in the article I read where Velcro Fly, Velcro Fly from the Afterburner record got best choreography on the MTV Video Awards. Oh, it was Velcro Fly. Yes. Yes. That was no Paul mention Abdul. of Paul Abdul in that. Eliminator was a drastic change from the previous sound, a departure from the sound they had developed. And in my opinion, it's one of those changes that's so drastic it could have easily been the death nail. It could, you know, if you're used to that classic bluesy ZZ Top sound and then Eliminator comes out, it's a 50-50 crapshoot. It's either going to make it or people are going to go, what the hell is this shit? That's not ZZ Top. Oh, it, it and lucky for a them, whole new world for them. Lucky for them, and I think fell right into place. I clearly remember American Music Awards, once say in 84, they handed out shades and beards right. to everyone in the audience, and everybody was wearing them oh, yeah. when they were performing. I mean, that's how big they were oh, that year. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. This record is the introduction to the band for a lot of people. And like I said earlier, myself included, this is the first one I, I got into. Made them recognizable cultural icons, whether or not you owned a record for them or not. And the look and the sound, you knew it was easy top. Rolling Stone called Eliminator one of the greatest albums of all time. The song Legs won Best Group Video at the first MTV Music Video Awards. I mentioned Velcro Fly getting a Best Choreography <laughs> Award. And... uh during this time, the band themselves actually appeared in the Back to the Future 3. Yeah, that uh, was... Uh, they were the little band at the town. What was the hit single? Get together. Oh. can't think of what it was. Because the video was a major rotation. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I keep thinking of the Huey Lewis song, but... Power of Love. No, gotta, gotta get back in time. Oh, back in time, yeah. yeah. yeah I can't remember what that was. Oh. I have to look that up. When did the Dark Era end? Dark Area ended 1996. Wow. Double, double Back is the song from Back to the Future. Double Back. I got the double back again. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Forgot about that. And then return to the blues rock sound after the Eliminator period of well-polished songs. Again, Sins of the, Sins of the Past, in my opinion, can be forgiven. Like I said, 96 was kind of the beginning of three-album run with kind of getting rid of that overly polished stuff and getting back to that pure bluesy kind of rock stuff. Yeah, I don't think Burger Man's in your set list anymore. No, probably not. Probably not. You know what? 
I'll have to look. Might be the encore. <laughs> you got right. you. We're not just gonna play it. You gotta really want it. Right. Yeah. You want to hear rough boy? I want to hear you scream. That's right. Burger man. Important dates in ZZ Top history. 1991, May 4th, ZZ Top Day in Texas, proclaimed by the governor. So every May 4th, ZZ Top Day. No, it's Star Wars Day. Well, I don't know. May the 4th be with you. Well, it's a lot going on. Okay. It is Star Wars Day, but it's also ZZ Top Day in Texas. Interesting. Interesting. 2004, ZZ Top inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame by Keith Richards. Nice. 2012, Billy Gibbons named Texas State Musician. What's that mean? He's the representative of the state as a musician. Just a fancy title they give people. Like, you know, probably got to keep the city. Oh, like Sir Elton John or probably Sir Paul some, McCartney. Some shit like that, yeah. Okay. And then 2016, I mentioned him earlier, Bill Ham passed away. Uh, oh, wow. Legendary producer of ZZ Top Sound, so. I probably... Yeah, probably played into why they don't produce records. Probably, yeah. Back to my song. It's a more recent release, and it's, I say recent, it was like 2013, or what did I say, 12, something like that? Yeah. Yeah, 12. Yeah, 2012 release. So I got to get paid from 2012's La Futura album. This record, to me, feels more at home with what I liked about the earlier records. It's a dirtier, grittier, bluesy rock and roll album with less overproduction to it. Uh the best way to describe it is the drums actually sound like real drums. Yeah, it's not polished. Yeah, it's not that electronic drum pad drum. It sounds great with a yeah. blau plunk system. Right, yeah. Now, this sounds like a, a real drum set. Yeah. So I, I like that. Earthy. Yep. Uh, regarding this album, Stephen Thomas, Earl Wine of All Music, said it's sleazy, boogie, dirty jokes, locomotive riffs, saturated blues. They finally sound like themselves again. So I was... I was happy to read that quote because it's like I said, that's, that's kind of how I felt about it as well. Course correction. Course correction. And, uh, Billy had made the comment that we wanted to recall the directness of earlier stuff, but not turn their backs on contemporary technology. The Futura is a melding of the past and the present. Well, Billy looks, I mean, I think he even mentioned that he was big fans of the Pesh mode. He was on in their rock and roll hall of fame induction. He was on there talking about him. Yeah. I saw something else that he was a huge fan of Prince. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, I mean, just he, he's the one guy that's he's to me he's wants a, to explore. He, he is a student. Yeah, always a student, always looking, always looking to learn, try something different. Now, what's what I find most interesting about this song? I got to get paid, and that's Gotsta, not Gotta. <laughs> is uh, the song is a revamp, not truly a cover, uh, but a revamp of a song of a fellow Texan DJ DMD. Featuring Little Kiki and Fat Pat, who in 1989 had a rap hit with the song 25 Lighters. That's not fat as in heavy, but it's F-A-T. cool. Like P-H-A-T. No, it's F-A-T. This is old, <coughs> this is old school, no P-H. It's, I'm Pat and I'm overweight. I'm Fat Pat. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the hook of the ZZ Top, I got to get paid, is the 25 Lighters uh, on my dresser, which comes from the 25 Lighters song. And it says, uh, ZZ, or uh, when I was listening, I listened to the original song from 1989. I listened to the ZZ Top thing. And one thing I noticed is they used not all, but a lot of the lyrics from the original rap song 
are used in the rock versions easy top does with some minor changes of some things but i thought that was it, it wasn't just that 25 lighters on my dresser hook that they used they actually went through the song and pulled lines out from that original rap and used it in the song and kind of that's how they built the song there 25 lighters is a reference it is Houston what i found on the internet says it is Houston ghetto slang for taking big lighters apart and filling the inside with crack i don't recommend that not so right. this song is about dealing. Basically, yeah. Okay. All right. 25 lighters. I got to get paid. <clears throat> doesn't match the video you showed me for ZZ Top. Well, I don't know that the ZZ Top version is based around the idea of that. Unless the girls are DEA, maybe. Could be. That's yeah. what they're chasing. I never think about it. I didn't think about yeah, that. Yeah, it's probably okay. the got deal. You. Yeah. All right. Makes sense now. Says uh, they got the song as the guy that was the engineer for the record was Basically, was around when that DJ DMD recorded that uh, 25 Lighter song back in 89. He was part of that. So while they're recording, well, he's doing the engineering for this ZZ Top thing. They get to talking, and I, I think it comes up. And talked about ZZ Top ended up being really friendly with a bunch of hip-hop and rap guys, and they would sit around and exchange ideas, and Billy would give them shit to use on their record, and they would talk about rap stuff, and then this thing is born. Okay, how can, how can you not be cool with Billy Gibbons? Exactly. And uh, one of the things it said in the article I was reading, it says ZZ Top weren't used to getting permissions as they usually record original material. So uh, when an artist covers a song, it's called a cover version. When an artist begins to modify and change it, after a certain percentage, it becomes a derivative work and requires the new version to be reviewed by the originators. If they like it, they can wave the holy water over it and you're good to go. Problem being... Two original performers, Lil Kiki and Fat Pat, had since passed away. So they're in the studio. They've got the song recorded. We got to figure out: can we get permission to do it? Because it's changed. It's a derivative work at this point. So they track down the executors of the estate, call them on the phone, and say, "Hey, we've got this version of this song. We need you to give us your blessing or whatever." Right. They play the song. They're going to play the song over the phone, and, and whoever they're speaking with, the executor hands the phone to his 14-year-old daughter and says, listen to this song and tell me what you think. And so they start playing the song, and it says, uh, when she heard it, she says, Daddy, they're playing your song. So the executor gets back on the phone with him and says, looks like you got a winner. Wow. So Just this, like that. this song happens because a 14-year-old girl hears something and says, oh, man, it's your song. Okay. And could have easily gone, the hell is this? Right. It it go either way. So I thought it was a pretty cool story. A little, pre- little pressure for a 14-year-old. Yeah, probably didn't know at the time what kind of pressure it was. It was like, hey, listen to this. Tell me what you think of it. Okay. Would are you you know would you say this is okay to put out or release or whatever? It's kind of how it feels like it was done. Amazing to what you got to go to. The other thing about ZZ Top, man, I can't, I can't not think of ZZ Top. When I was growing up, the neighborhood I lived in, I had a friend of mine that ran around, and his dad was into restoring those old cars. And at the time of Eliminator, he had that freaking car. He had just gotten in oh, no way. same red and all that shit. And with okay. driver, you know, and it was just the coolest shit ever because, you know, it's the ZZ Top car or whatever. And I mean, the timing couldn't have been more perfect. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I still remember he was always in the garage tinkering that fucking thing. Even when it was done, it was never done. Right. And it's just, that's the thing about working on old cars, man. You're just never done. And that, you, you know, around here, uh, those they got that frog follies and the yeah the late summer, car which is all the drive in yeah you ever go to those oh yeah i've been to them yeah i uh i never went to them younger i went to i started going to them recently 
I mean, those rat rods are badass. I love those little mixed and matched. I mean, those those yeah. the cars like this one are nice, where they're very clean and kind of like the music, very polished and overproduced. But man, those kind of junker rat rod things that are just pieces of everything put together and all rusted out. I love those. A little more real to the fucking, story. Yeah. Very Munster feeling. Right. Yeah. It, it, and then as far as my closing of this whole ZZ Top speech, for me, they will always be off the chart with their coal factor, even if I don't really dig the dark days. But for a lot of people... <laughs> I love how you call them dark days. That's, well, that's what it is to me. It's not since it's just the dark days. It's, yeah. It's, I don't want to talk about it. Um. But that being said, for a lot of people, man, that's that's their ZZ Top Golden Age, and that's their stuff. And and I don't judge if that's your deal. That's your deal. It's not for me. And then, as far as Billy goes, I ran across this quote just kind of watching or reading something. I don't remember what it was, but somebody asked him, you know, how he would like to be remembered. And his quote was, "Here lies a guy that is cold, but while he was at it, he was hot." That's nice. And that's just pretty just smooth and cool and direct and to the point. And that's, that's fucking Billy, man. That's, yeah. that's what I dig about him. So that's my song. I got to get paid. ZZ top. There you I, go. I just, again, it's, it's a current one, but it's got a lot of throwback and it's, you know, when I started keeping my ZZ top notes, it was like, what song am I going to do? And I mean, all of them, there's 10 songs on that freaking best of ZZ top that I could talk about everyone and say, ah, Francine's great, but just got paid is, God, that one's good too. Speaking of just got paid, you remember when Joe Bonamassa came? Yeah. To the victory? Mm hmm. He plays a version that just got paid. I don't know I if you remember. I didn't watch the set, but. Holy shit. I remember walking on, it was that outer hallway, not in the hall, but I remember walking by and hearing him play it. And it was so good. I had to, I went in and watched a few minutes of it. And there's, he does this whole fucking 10 minute guitar solo thing in the middle of it. Goes into playing some Led Zeppelin guitar solo stuff, some Peter Frampton stuff. I mean, there's just a whole, it's like a Medley. huge melting pot of yeah. all these great classic songs. But if I had to say somebody does a badass version of ZZ Top, it's that Joe Bonamassa that just got paid is cool as shit. I could see him tearing anything God, apart. It just goes to town, man. So, <laughs> But that's it, man. ZZ Top kind of needed to get that one off my chest a little bit just because... So yeah, a lot to say. I'm so fascinated by them. The, the history of these guys is crazy. And I didn't even barely scratch anything. Like I said, that, that little old band from Texas docu- documentary is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> is, is, is a fun little watch. So I, I highly recommend that one. So Now, where does ZZ Top rank in your top 10 all-time bands i'm sure it sounds like they're in your top 10 yeah they gotta be in the top 10 yeah they gotta be just because top five uh that's they, tough are they pushing zeppelin and all your favorite you know no i mean man when i think top five and this is and i'm just i've not even given this any thought but i'm gonna go you know there's there's led zeppelin's gonna be in there acdc's gonna be in there um Van Halen's going to be in there. Right. Stuff that, you know, to me. He grew up on. To me, stuff that can do no wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd say ZZ's definitely in my top ten. I don't know about top five. Because they had, I can, they had a dark period. Yeah. No. They're a band that I can definitely listen to any time of the day. Okay. There's never a bad time to listen to ZZ Top. Okay. Well, top ten for sure. 
But oh yeah, they'd be in my top ten. Okay. Yeah. All right. I figured they'd be at least top ten. Yeah. What about you? Where would... I don't know if I'd put in my top ten. You're not a huge ZZ Top guy. Um, no. No, and it's mainly because of the time you're talking about. Oh, okay. You know, with Burger Man and Double Back, <laughs> and it's just it's sort of like. It's like I'm not a Springsteen guy because my introduction to him was that ridiculous dancing he did in that video for Dancing in the Dark. Right. I mean, he made he made all he played up exactly what people say about white guys that can't dance. Yeah. I mean, it was I was just like, who is this clown, and why is he got why are all these people here to see him? I'd be really interested to look up the story on that. Is that something that? But it seems odd to me because it doesn't seem like it. I was going to say, is that a story that somebody said, hey, this is what you got to do because these are the times and this is the video era. And he just went, oh, okay, yeah, I'll do it. But I mean, that he was... doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would go, okay, I got to do it because that's what's popular. He's always seemed to me like the kind of guy that says, screw you, I'm going to do it. That's not what I do. But he did it. Well, I, <laughs> that's what I'm interested <laughs> in. If somebody twisted his arm or is this something of his own... I mean, you know, that was definitely his Eliminator this, album. Would this be a good idea? That's that's my question. Is Did he think this would be a good idea, or did somebody say, this hey, is what you got to do? It was, I'm sure he had, he's had a course correction, no doubt. Oh, yeah, yeah. From that period yeah. of his life. The dark days. The commercial dark right. days, yeah. right. Yeah. Like Just like ZZ Top. Uh, you know, there are many mistakes out there in that video world. Oh, sure. I mean, we talked about Muse, how the, the Muse video does not yeah. match the song at all. I mean, I get it. The video plays into what I think the song is trying to be with the you know, whole spaghetti western scene stuff. But that's not. That is a song that in, that I want to hear and I it. want my imagination to spell that out for me. Yeah, it was like Rock Me Tonight by Billy Squire. God, so good. It's so good. It's, it's, <laughs> it amplifies the song so much. Yeah. We'll talk about that one day. Eventually we'll get there. So, yeah. Songs will be on the Spotify playlist. I'll do uh, details with posting uh, links to videos and, and stuff for you to find it and listen to it. And again, ZZ Top, Muse, anything we talk about, find something you like, spend a little money on them. Uh, do the social media stuff Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Email us at every playlist tells a story at gmail.com. And still looking for number 11. I just checked before we sat down. Still, still, <laughs> Damn it. still floating on 10. I'm gonna go in there and click it. I don't care. You don't care. You're gonna do it. I want to be 11. We just want to go to 11. Just get to 11. So. That's it, man. Have a good week, Jimmy. Bye.